friends. Welcome to You Have to Read This Book podcast. I'm Peyton. And I'm Bailey. And we're so excited that you're here. Oh, yeah, we are. I always forget that part, but we are excited. <laughs> How are you doing? Uh, I'm doing okay. How are you? I'm doing okay. <laughs> um, I think schoolwork is catching up for both of us. And I think we're both really exhausted today. Is that an accurate statement? It, that is very accurate, but it's okay. We're pushing through. Um, I, I haven't seen your face in a while, so it just makes me happy to see it. Me too. This is making my whole weekend. Um, sorry, we're a couple days late. Please stick with us. Uh, we promise we'll do better <laughs> about getting up on Friday instead of other random days of the week. But um, we just both had a lot going on um, with schoolwork and everything else. For sure. So how is your week going? Um, it's good. I got my bookshelves finished um, downstairs and I posted them on my Instagram. They're gorgeous. Mike did such a great job and it's so fun to get all my books in one place. And then yesterday um, I bought a new armchair for reading in and that came in and it's so comfortable. I didn't move out of it all afternoon. Um, and my favorite video game, Stardew Valley, it's like this adorable farm simulation. Um, and you like create a farm and go look for your true love. Um, and it's adorable. Um, came out with a new like patch. So I'm restarting um, my farm simulation since it's been so long since I've played. And it's been super fun and just like a good escape for like I, I've been listening to my audiobooks while I've been playing. So that's been good. How about your week? Well, I love your bookshelves. They literally look so good. Thank you. And um, I want to see a picture of your chair. Did you post it? No, I didn't. Um, I'll, I'll send you. Well, I think I have a picture. Um, if I haven't taken one yet, I'll take one and send it to you. It's just this super comfy kind of barrel shaped, but tall armchair. And I just literally sat in it for like eight hours yesterday. It was amazing. <laughs> I don't doubt that it's very cute. I feel like I really enjoy your um, decor style, even if it's different than mine. I feel like it it's cute. Although I am a little bit offended that I bought you that bourbon thing that you still haven't put up. Mike and I were just talking about that. We want to put it over the bar. So um, in my house for everyone that hasn't been in it, which is everyone besides Bailey, um, off my dining room, I have this little nook that we've put the bar or like bar set up in. And I was originally going to hang this really cool, it says my old Kentucky home bourbon print that Bailey bought me as a housewarming gift there. And then Mike hung up our wedding, uh, our guest book for our wedding was, is a picture of the Roebling Bridge, which is where he proposed to me and all of our guests signed around it. And that's framed and matted and in glass. And he hung that up over the bar. And now I don't know where to move that to, to hang up that poster. So that is our next thing that we need to get hung is, is your poster. So I have to get it framed though. That's the, that's the only thing. So I'm still trying to figure all that out, but don't worry. It's going to get hung. I promise it's on my list. I have it out where I can see it so that I'm thinking about it. I just wanted to make sure you liked it. I love it. I think it's so cool. It'll probably, it might end up like this office that I'm in 
is we're going to turn it kind of into a hangout room. Like we're going to put a couch, a little like love seat that folds out into a bed up here um, and a bigger like monitor that can work as a TV and as an office space. So I might end up hanging it up here, which would be great because I'm in here all the time. So, yeah. Well, um, I'm happy that you are making improvements on your house. I wish that I had a house to make improvements on. Someday. But alas, I am in a like seven by 11 room in New York City <laughs> that I spend my entire life in. But you don't want the expense. It's so expensive to own a house. <laughs> yeah. Ugh. I definitely want it soon-ish. Like oh. I love living in New York, but I don't think that I want to be here for ever like I still want the whole house and yard and yeah although I would just like to have that but still be like right outside of a big city which I mean that's how you are too I mean since well city yeah but I would like to have that like what you have but just outside maybe a bigger city I mean, you can totally, you can totally have that. You'll have it one day. You're just still a student. Like, and you know what? Something just broke. Our heater just broke a couple of weeks ago. And like, you have to pay for that when you're the homeowner. There's no landlord to call and be like, come fix this. So my landlords don't even come fix things. Did I ever send you a picture of my floor that flooded when I was gone? No. Yeah. Well, like the, the hardwood floor in my room is all has like all kinds of water damage and it's like a little buckled Oh no! because my radiator like flooded or leaked and then Mm -hmm. like flooded and, um, they haven't, they're not doing anything about it. And I just like hope that they're not going to charge me for like the floor because that would be my fault. Um, but besides that, um, my week has been good. I, okay. So when Peyton and I first met, I like was a workout queen. Yes, she was. I worked out five to six days a week, literally for, I would say like until quarantine mostly. Yeah. I would talk about these dance classes that I went to all of the time that it was like so much that it was probably annoying. I tried to drag Peyton to yoga class like every day. I went to yoga class with you a couple of times. It was the dance classes that I was never going to go to with you. I can't dance. I would have been. But I was like, so such a workout queen. And, um, since COVID and moving to New York and having such a small space and like the places aren't still aren't open here, like it's just been a struggle. But this week I did like actual workouts, not just like, oh, I say I'm going to work out and then I don't really do anything like actual workouts, Monday, Tuesday, Thursday, Friday. And then I made my girlfriend do some light yoga with me yesterday. So I'm doing so good and I feel so good and strong. That's amazing. I'm actually very jealous. I keep saying that I'm going to start working out because I definitely gained the COVID-12 or what COVID whatever, 20, whatever it's called. I can't even, I don't even know. Um, COVID-19. Yeah. And I need to lose it. And so what kind of workouts are you doing? Are you doing like YouTube videos or? Yes, I've been doing YouTube videos. I um, have been, I did some bar and I did like a lot of like studios just will post like one or two workouts. And like, there's so many at this point that I feel like you could honestly work out just based on YouTube and like not pay anything. Um, And the workouts I did were hard and like the bar ones were really good. And like, they're basically no equipment. I mean, the bar ones, like I just used the back of my desk chair and it was fine. Like, um, I mean, 
maybe if you like to like run or do like super intense hit stuff, it wouldn't be good. But for like the type of thing that I like to do, which is like low intensity, um, but like still high impact stuff. Um, it's, it's good. Yeah. I weight like I normally weight lift is what I do. Like I go to the gym and do weight training. Mike's going to listen to this and laugh. Um, cause he says that's not what I do, but, but, you know, I lift heavy things. I move heavy things around when I go to the gym. So it's, I think that's been the other hard part for me with online workouts is so many of them are cardio related and I hate cardio. Um, but I'll have to try that. I think maybe a bar would be really fun. You know what we should do? We should do a zoom workout together. We can like do it on zoom, like a bar class and then like press play on YouTube on the same, at the same time. Okay. I mean, I would, that might be miserable, but I would do it with you just because I miss you so much. Why would that be miserable? Because I hate working out, not because it's with you, but. I know, but that's why, like, because it's with me, you can um, see my face and have my comedic relief. Yes. No, I, I, let's do it. That'll be fun. We should, if anybody wants to do it with us. (gasps) That would be so fun. DM us um, on our Instagram if you want to do a Zoom bar class with us. We'll we'll post something about it. Maybe we can do like a, like a meet and greet. Nobody will come. Maybe (laughs) we can do like a Zoom bar class meet and greet event. That would be so fun. It would be so fun. Please just humor us. Like (laughs) we want to meet you. Yeah. Our 20 dedicated fans. Right. (laughs) Thanks so much for sticking with us. (laughs) Um, also other thing I wanted to tell you, I almost texted you when this happened, but I was like, no, I'm going to save it for the podcast. So I did this like meet zoom meet and greet with my professors this week, which I really didn't want to do because I had zoom fatigue and I was like, I am so tired of these kind of things, but I like, I don't know my professors that well. And this was for like the LGBTQ student organization was hosting it. So it's all professors that were like allies. So I went. And I ended up, well, it was with like all professors, but I ended up in a room with two of my professors, which I think I was the only one in a room with like one of my current professors, but I had two of them. And so I like got to talk to them about non-school things for the first time ever. And I was telling them about this podcast because they were like, what have you been doing during quarantine? That's not school. And they literally like started giving me all kinds of book recommendations. It was the cutest thing ever. I love that. They had read The Vanishing Half already, like both of them. I love that. So and cool. they gave me this one that looked so good. It's called, I think, Deacon King Kong. Um, it would have been good for like a continuation of our Black History Month episode, but um, I will send it to you. It looks really Yeah, good. please do. I've never heard of it. But I love that. It was adorable, and I don't think they're going to listen, but maybe if they are, like, hey. Um, Thanks but, for the book recommendations. I know. It was so fun. That's adorable. I just looked up Deacon King Kong. It's one of Barack Obama's favorite books of the year. Yeah, it looks really good. That's awesome. Also, I would just like to say that by the next time we record, you will be 28 years old. Finally, I'll finally be 28 years old. I've only been telling people I'm 28 for like (laughs) the past two months. But yes, my birthday is on March 2nd. So I'm very excited to almost be out of my 20s. I don't know. I feel like birthdays are weird at this age. I know, but it's so exciting. Um, Yeah. Oh, I, I feel like I don't need to tell you this while we're on the podcast, but while I think about it, um, look in your mail on Thursday, like keep a watch out on Thursday, like my physical mail or my email, your physical mail. Okay. 
I check it every day, but I will be sure to check it on Thursday. It will be an Amazon package. Okay. Thank I'm you. sorry of using Amazon, but <laughs> that's listen, makes it, makes it easy. I try to buy things not on Amazon, but dang. a girl's got to take advantage of her prime shipping. Yeah, absolutely. Um, okay. How has your reading month been with, um, everything you have going on? Cause I feel like I've had the best reading month I've had in ages in February. Um, I've been doing pretty good. I feel like I just, I've been reading more instead of like watching TV when I, in my downtime, but also I've been binge reading. Like I don't read most days, but like when I do read, I basically binge a book in like 24 to 48 hours, which is kind of how I've always been though. You're such a fast reader. I can't do that. I cannot read a book in a day or two days. Like I just, I'm too slow, but I, I, I've always been jealous that you can do that. Yeah. It's weird. Cause you definitely read like more days than me, but I definitely like when I do read in those days, I read a lot faster yeah. than you. I typically like, so in February, no, in January, I was only reading like 50 pages a day. Cause I track, I track my pages, but this month, so like from February's reading tracker, I like shortened how I'm like lowered the number of pages across my tracker. And I've read more than 125 pages, like very often this month but so I've finished six books and five were four stars or better one was a three star but it was still really cute I liked it just was only three stars and I'm on I'm reading another audiobook right now and I'm getting ready to start another physical book and all of them have been like so good like I've genuinely enjoyed everything that I've read um, and it's just been such a good month. Like I'm actually a little nervous about starting new books because I don't want to ruin this streak that I'm on. I read, um, I think, I don't think I talked to you about this in the last episode. Um, I think it was after that. I read the best book I think that I read in like years this month. Really? What book? All the girls that I, all the girls I've been. Is it two all the girls I've been or all the girls I've been by Tess Sharp? I think I sent it to you you did so I think you told me you were reading it but you and you wanted to read it for the podcast or something but that you hadn't I wanted to see if we could get the author to come on yeah that's right um I'm we should work on that because okay it's um I I, but my words are not working um the day that we recorded our episode about all the books that we were looking forward to this year I think it was my number one um It's about a daughter of a con artist who is going to the bank with her new girlfriend and ex-boyfriend, and they happen to get caught in a bank robbery. The entire thing happens in like, I don't know, maybe like four or five hours. It is a super fast-paced thriller, but it also has sapphic content. And then this whole crazy backstory that's like up my alley of like con artist parents and like, it's literally so good. And- like still so fast paced and like enrapturing that I literally read it on 24 hours. And then what's so cool about the author, which is why I really want to have her come on is that she created this Instagram to post like kind of like a lore from the story. So basically like um, the, one of her personas, the main character um, like helped put away um, a bad guy but like in the world, this guy's famous. He, there was like true crime podcasts about him. 
um and like all the bad things he did he was kind of like he's an yeah he's kind of like a gangster drug cartel person something like that and she helped put him away but like her name was kept out of the public so like there's all kinds of like podcasts about her and who she is and all this stuff and so the author made an instagram that's like showing like the people that would post about her trying to figure out who she is that sounds incredible extra content which i've never seen an author do something like this before Um, and it's so cool so that sounds incredible Tess sharp if any crazy reason makes you listen to this (laughs) i think (laughs) you're I love that. So, so, okay. That sounds amazing. Um, we'll definitely have to work on bringing her on since you are in love with her as a writer now. Um, and I love that she's doing that added content. I, I, you're right. I don't think I've ever heard of another author doing that before. Yeah. So love that. I I just finished, um, last night at the Telegraph Club. Oh, I bought it, but I haven't started it yet. Cried a lot. It's, a good book. What did I text my friend last night? It can end as happily as a sapphic romance in the 1950s can. Um, but I, it just, it like affirmed my love for that era and learning about LGBTQ plus people of that era. Um, and like, what they had to overcome to be with the people that they loved. And I learned so much about Asian American culture and Chinatown culture. And it was so good. I cried a lot. I sat in my chair reading it. And Mike was like, are you okay? I'm like, yes, I'm fine. Just, it would, but it was, it was really, really good. So I hope you enjoy it. I'm glad you bought it. Would you rate it better than Pulp? They're very different. Um, I think because talks about pulp fiction books, lesbian pulp fiction erotica books. I expected them to be similar, but they were very different stories. I think I, I think if pulp had only had the 1950s timeline, I would have liked it better. Um, I don't remember, did I get pulp five stars or did I only give it four stars? Five? Okay. Um, I, I mean, I rated them both five. I gave this one. I mean, I think I'm gonna. I think I'm gonna give it like ten stars, all the stars on my review. But um, it was. I loved it. But they're very different. Like I, they're only comparable in the timeline and in the fact that they're young sapphic love stories. But other than that, they're very different books. Interesting. Well, I'm excited to read it. Um, I like. There's this um, legal research platform called Lexis, and every time you, like, look up a case or do things on there, you can, like, get Lexis points and redeem them for Amazon gift cards. So um, I bought that book using Lexis points, which was nice. That's awesome. Yeah. Okay, I have two questions for you, and then we'll start talking about The Vanishing Half. These are fast. You don't even have to give me, like, reasons. Are you ready? Yeah, I know my answers to both of them. Pancakes or waffles? Waffles. Same. Wonder Woman or Captain Marvel? Captain Marvel. Wonder Woman. I knew that was going to be a difference, but okay, perfect. Um, Can I give my reason for this? Yeah, if you want. And it's it's not even like really um, character driven. I really like, I would say Wonder Woman is probably more compelling character than Captain Marvel, but 
Um, I just think that the Marvel storytelling is a lot better than the DC storytelling. And if Captain Marvel, or I mean, if Wonder Woman got the type of like movie that Captain Marvel had that like wasn't focused on like her love interests and was more about like her journey, I think that um, I would like it better. That's fair. I, I believe that um, and can and can get behind that. I don't know a lot about Captain Marvel. I am a DC girl. That's why I would say Wonder Woman. I used to be, but I'm completely converted now. Yeah. I mean, DC is definitely a better storyteller through their movies, but I think, or I'm sorry, backwards. Marvel is definitely a better storyteller through their movies, but I think DC is a better storyteller through their comics. And I am a comic book reader. So um that's that's why I would pick the one versus the other but they're both great characters they're both strong powerful women so I'm a Marvel simp at this point I'm obsessed with WandaVision so I want to watch that I've heard it's really cute I haven't watched so it. good okay I'll put it on my list Cool. You'll probably have tons of questions because um there's like a lot of references to other things so just text me and I will fill you in perfect um, all right, so for this episode, we both read The Vanishing Half by Britt Bennett, um, and if anybody else hasn't read it, The Vanishing Half follows the lives of two twin girls, both uh, light-skinned Black girls who run away from home at the age of 16. Desiree marries a dark-skinned Black man and has a child, while Stella lives her life passing as white, and the book tracks their lives across generations as their lives branch away from each other and yet remain intertwined. It's a story that explores the intricacies of identity, family, and race in a provocative but compassionate way. Um, And that is a synopsis from um, a website called The Bibliophile. Um, And I just, I thought that was a a really good explanation of what the book is. it had been on my TBR since well before it came out uh, because Ann Vogel of What Should I Read Next spoke very highly of the mothers at Britt Bennett and was very much anticipating her next novel. And so I'm so glad we finally read it. What did you think of the book? Sorry, I asked her a question mid giant sip of or something. So she's, I'm just gonna kind of fill in the dead air while we wait. Um, sorry, I took a giant bite of my McDonald's sandwich that I've been eating. No, we'll test my editing abilities and see if we can cut that out. Cool, probably stay in here. It's fine. Um, I really liked it. I didn't okay. I've been wanting to read it partly because the cover is beautiful and it's kind of out of my comfort zone, but I've like been trying to read out of my comfort zone. Um, and mostly just like the historical part of it. Um, but so just, when you say the historical part, you that's the part that's out of your comfort zone, the fact that it's historical fiction? Yeah. Okay. Um, but I loved it. I mean, because it wasn't that historical. Um, the 50s through the 90s. And I really love multi-generation stories. And this is a really good one. Yeah, I mean, there were three generations in the story. That was a challenge. I think Pop Sugar, I think that's right, put out like a reading challenge this year. And one of them was to read a book with three generations within one story. And that would have fulfilled, this book would have fulfilled that. 
because we had the, their the twins' mother, the twins, and then their children. Um, and I don't, I love family drama and I didn't realize that I loved it as much as I did until I read this book. And now I'm kind of more actively searching for that kind of read. Yeah. I read another book that kind of reminded me of like the way it literally expand, like span so much time. It was called, um, crap. Now I can't remember, but I can think of the cover. Um, I will get back to you on this. Um, it is also a very multicolored cover. Um, and it's, it's by Jennifer Weiner, like the, the really famous, she has a lot of books. I'm looking at it. Um, but I really, I feel like it maybe miss everything might be the title. Oh yeah. I Um, think you're right. I think that is what it is. So where like that book spanned like a really long amount of time and like had kids and, but I would say this one is definitely better. Um, can we, should we, are we doing star readings now or at the end? We can do star readings now. What would you rate it? Four stars. Four stars. Okay. I rated it a solid five. So I think you and I are both very different though on how we rate, like give our ratings and like what constitutes a four or five star. Um, so what did you like about it to give it that star rating? We'll work backwards. I mean, I would say like, I liked almost everything about it. Like I definitely liked more things than I didn't. I liked the, I liked all of the characters except maybe Kennedy. Um, I, which I is, really, I feel like I'm the most like Kennedy. Which is. <laughs> <laughs> no, I don't think of you as spoiled. Kennedy was spoiled. She had everything in her life handed to her and she still wanted to make life difficult for herself. Um, but she also definitely like thought of herself before anyone else. And sometimes I worry that I do that. Well, I mean, that's, I think part of that is just being young, like think most young people think of themselves before they think of others unless they're just really good people that are above my caliber so but I I liked most of the characters I I liked the whole like mystery of it all of like what happened with Stella um I learned I feel like I I definitely got a different perspective than I normally read um and I overall just thought it was like a really like I didn't want to put it down which I don't I definitely have never felt that way with historical books so I feel like it it definitely blended having like a mystery and being compelling with also just being like a it's not a thriller or anything so like sometimes I feel like books that are like family drama contemporary family drama aren't like riveting right this one I think it still was so I was really impressed that the author was able to do that especially with the amount of time that passes in all the characters. Yeah. It could have been a slow and difficult to get through. And it's difficult for, for white readers that don't spend enough time talking about race. It makes us right. Like race can make us uncomfortable to talk about and read about. And this book was definitely out of my comfort zone that way. Um, and it could have been really easy for me to be like, you know what, this is too much. I can't read this. This is too heavy. I don't, I don't, I don't want to read this. And I thought it, you're right. Compelling is the right word for it. It, I, it was unput downable for me. I finished it so fast. Um, and for the amount of time and characters that she had to cover, 
I would not call it a slow paced book. No, not at all. Like, I, I don't think I've ever read a book that's not like a mystery or thriller or has some kind of like element like that, that I haven't been able to put down. Like, this is just so good. Yeah, I, I really enjoyed it. What for you kept it from being the five star, like giving it that fifth star? I'm just curious. Um, well, it's, I think part of it, it's just like, I don't think it was ever going to be a five star book for me because for, I think five star books are very subjective, at least oh. in the way I look at it. And that like a story just has to have a certain number of things that tick my boxes and it like nothing wrong with this book. It just didn't have that because I like certain types of books and this is just not my favorite type of book, but like for what it was, I think it was really amazing. Um, also, I didn't think I'm like, really I really enjoy super plot driven books more almost than character development and I think this was definitely more character development than plot driven so I think that's also just maybe why I didn't give it five stars yeah no I I agree this was not um so I use story graph now but like keep track of my reads and when you leave a review they ask a couple of questions they ask um if like how how you would categorize it slow medium fast like is it reflective is it sad is it emotional is it happy all these different categories and then it'll ask you is it plot driven or character driven oh funny yeah um is it plot driven or character driven and I definitely believe this is character driven and it also asks you if the character if the flaw character flaws of the characters are at the forefront of the story um and I don't, that was a hard question for, for me to answer because yes, like I think that these women um, grew and men grew tremendously throughout this story. Um, but it was hard for me to say like, if, if, I mean, I guess they were flaws, but I just, none, there was no fate. Like, I don't think any of them had a fatal flaw that would have kept me from rooting for or cheering for any of them to succeed even I mean Kennedy was annoying but like and and a spoiled brat but like I still wanted her to like realize who she was and become a better person you know what I mean yeah for sure yeah and, and and Stella too kind of got on my nerves actually I take it back I think I was rooting for Kennedy more than I was rooting for Stella because you like still believe that Kennedy could get better where I feel like Stella was just who she was and you didn't really like think that she was gonna get better I felt for Stella so much because and um in a in an article or an interview I read with Britt Bennett um they talk about like passing um, and the death and rebirth that that causes. And Stella, like she, her, her black self, her old self died for her to pass as white. And then to have those ghosts of her past to, t- to keep coming up and, and haunting her. I mean, that, that has to be horrifying because imagine what would happen to her in the, in the life that she created for herself to better herself and to hopefully, you know, have a better life moving forward and to do what her great, great, great grandfather that founded the town of Mallard really ultimately kind of wanted, right? Like, I mean, that's why they kept marrying lighter. Um, so I thought that that was 
an interesting kind of thought on death and rebirth when it comes to passing in society for another social construct that is whiteness. So that's true. I, that's not even why I found her to be like really, um, not unrelatable, but yeah, it's more the fact that, which this probably has something to do with like her, what everything, what you just said, but she was just so closed off that like, it really started to bother me. Like her daughter wanted to know her her entire life like she just wanted her mom to to know who she was to get her validation and she like literally her daughter knew who she was like she had a picture and her mom still was like that's not me like what is the point at like at this point of still denying like the people in your life from knowing you like I get maybe you still don't you didn't want her to tell your husband but like your daughter knows she said she's not going to tell your husband why are you still denying this why are you still keeping yourself this closed off and like lying all this all the time when you don't have to but I mean I guess I'm not in her shoes so maybe the fear is still like what is keeping her that way but I just it it annoyed me I get that but like also she wasn't that person anymore. I mean, she, she killed Stella of, of her childhood to be able to go off and and live the life that she was living. So she wasn't, I mean, I feel like when she was saying, that's not me, she was probably being more honest than saying, like talking about her history. Do you know? Yeah, that's true. But like, I feel like her, as her new Stella doesn't even really have a personality. Very true. To get yeah. to know. So like she still can give her daughter something. I don't know. Yeah, it she was definitely a complicated. I mean, they were all complicated, but she was the most complicated character. Like Desiree, um, who had to grow up really quickly um after her sister left, um, and you know, had to get a job and and be someone and then marry somebody who do- turns out to not be who she thinks that they are, um, which those were such difficult passages to read. Um, she had a much more lighthearted story, except for obviously her abuse with her husband. Like once once she moved on from that, once she got herself out of that situation and thank God the head, the hunter, the head hunter or whatever that- Early, I love him. I did, I love Early too. Like thank God he liked her and wanted to help her because otherwise her story could have ended up so differently. But once she, I mean, they both had very- trying and difficult lives but I feel like she more easily accepted where she was and who she was and I mean am I saying any of that right does any of that make sense yeah for sure who are who's your favorite character I loved Jude she was my favorite um and I also loved Reese I loved their relationship um I thought that that was a really special um a special relationship to get to follow and, and read through. But yeah, Jude was 100% my favorite. I loved her. What about you? Same. Jude was so cool. I was like continually impressed by her resilience and maturity in the face of like everything that she was dealing with. 
um, and how easily she accepted Reese at a time where, like, I feel like most people would not have accepted Reese as being trans. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Um, that was, I, I was reading that very nervously because I didn't know how it was, how it was going to turn out. And um, it was one of my favorite passages was one of my favorite quotes was about them let me pull it up I mean even now a lot of people wouldn't still be okay with their partner being trans right and and having started the relationship not knowing that yeah yeah and she was very very accepting um there when they when there's the blackout and they go home and are together for like the first time um, it says he didn't find any candles and they were both, they both felt relieved. She wasn't afraid of the dark and he felt safer inside it. That like, I reread that little quote, that passage so many times and it stuck with me, like why they were so good for each other because of how, of how their histories had brought them together at that point. Um, so I, I loved them. I thought that their story was very compelling. Yeah. Also, I feel like I learned, uh, like, got a new perspective from Jude of, especially of, like, kind of, like, colorism. Yeah. Of, that's what, it, what it's called, right? Colorism. Like, she, she her so much darker. Yeah, like, darker than everyone else. And even when she was in LA, she was, like, said she was always, like, the darkest person in the room. Yeah. And, like, even other Black people, like, kind of looked down on her for that. And, um, and how her grandma tried to, like, lighten her skin and, um, I feel like she was always just so aware of her blackness in any point because of how dark she was. And like, that's just something I never really thought about of like always being super aware of that fact and how it influences everyone else around you. And, um, and again, she was just so resilient throughout it and so cool. And I loved that also that she got involved in like the drag scene. That was like a fun storyline. Yeah, I loved that. I um I thought that the inclusion of LGBTQ plus culture um was unexpected and really good. Yeah, I I was not expecting any of of that culture to be in there. And so when I started reading about Reese, I was like, this is gonna be so cool. And then when the drag culture came into it, I was like, oh my God, I love this. So um, but yes, she her the colorism, like, and that's why it's so important for white people to be reading stories that might not be easily relatable for us um, because we haven't personally experienced it. But like, I have learned so much and I have appreciated so much what these characters had to go through and especially Jude with, with colorism. Like that was, I wouldn't necessarily have thought about that before. Yeah, for sure. And I love that like most of the characters ended up with I mean, except for the exception of Kennedy, um, ended up with people. Well, I guess maybe Stella too, but like that made them better. I mean, I would still say that Stella's husband, Blake, he was like more moderate, open-minded. Like, I don't, I don't know. (laughs) Okay. Well, I still feel like he didn't make her a worse person. um, Cause he like, didn't really want, like, he wasn't as racist as a lot of people in their neighborhood. Um, He like, didn't care as much about the the black people that moved in across the street when everyone else did so I mean he didn't make her worse but especially for Desiree and Jude like early was so good for Desiree and Reese was so good for Jude and like 
I love romances that maybe not aren't necessarily easy, but like fulfilling. just yeah, fulfilling and like make you a better person. I think Britt Bennett did a really good job of, with both of those. Yeah, I agree. And I will argue that Kennedy did end up with someone that made her better. It wasn't in a romantic sense, but she ended up with Jude as a friend and as a sister who bettered her and challenged her. And they, I mean, like, I love that, that they had that scene of them talking on the phone and she was in her trailer and like those little things that made it clear, like they were in each other's lives and it wasn't easy, but they were, they were working through it. So they were mending the relationship of their families that Stella and Desiree weren't able to fully mend. They were, they were getting that family connected again, however they could. That's true. That's, that's a good point. Yeah. I, I love, I loved that where, where we got to see, because like when, when Stella, uh, not Stella, when Kennedy moved back to New York and she was working in the coffee shop and like hating her life <laughs> between um, being in that play or whatever. And, um, and Jude walked in and it was totally unexpected that they would be in the same place at the same time. I was, ex- I was excited to see how their relationship as co- cousins, right. It would be cousins would ultimately connect and collide. Um, and I do think that Jude made Kennedy see herself differently and see herself as a, as a better person. And I'm, unfortunately, I mean, I don't think that that should have to be a black woman's role in a white woman's life, but um, it, I think it was good for Kennedy to have Jude in her life. For sure. I like wish that we could have seen even more of their lives. Like, yeah, I want to know like when if they had kids and like how that went and how they kept in touch throughout the rest of their life. Like, I feel like I would read a sequel to this with like more of their lives. Yeah, I'm really excited. It's going to be an HBO limited series. Um, oh, nice. I'm so excited. Yeah. yeah, so I'm really, really excited for when that comes out. Um, I hope that that they do it justice because it, I think, has the potential to be a really, really beautifully played out story in actual casting. So I know like books become limited series is kind of like a controversial thing, but I honestly prefer limited series for books over movies or multi-season, multi-season TV shows. I like love the limited series thing. Like Big Little Lies season one was so good. Uh, Little Fires Everywhere, so good. What? They ruined it with season two. When they brought out season two, I was like, why? Yeah. Leave the multi-season series. thing ruins it. Yeah. But like a true limited series, like Little Fires Everywhere, um, I freaking love it. I think it's, okay. it makes, it does way better justice for books than a movie does. And yeah. I'm all about it. I'm excited for this one. I am really curious to see who will be cast. I know. Me too. I'm very excited. Wait, should we we see if we can think of anyone who we like? I think Lupita Nyong'o, is that how you say her name? Um, Would be really good for Jude. Yeah, she would be excellent. She's a little old, so maybe someone younger. I, I think she's in her 30s. And I don't even think we get to see Jude at that age. Yeah, probably not. Um, who was, let me, hold on. I know who I want to be early. I just have to find his name. Un momento, por favor. Um, 
Dan, I'm going to say his name wrong. Daniel Kalua. He was in Judas and the Black Messiah. Um, he played Fred Hampton. He, I think he would be a, a really good early, at least a young version of him. Oh yeah. Okay. You know who would be, um, I feel like good. Well, I feel like I actually don't know any black trans actors that would be good for Reese. And obviously it would be best if it could be a trans actor, but if, yeah. but if we're not talking about trans actors, Lakeith Stanfield could be cool. Oh yeah. That would be cool. I like that. Yeah. I'm excited to see the casting. I think that'll be, I, I wonder, I saw that it was coming out, but I didn't see when. Let me look, let me get the date. So anyway, um, we both really loved it. Thought it was incredible. Um, everyone should go read it. I said, and I posted my review for this, like right after I read it, because I couldn't contain myself. And honestly, it made me feel more things that book has made me feel in a very long time. Um, well, I'm happy but, for that for you. Yeah, me, me too. It was, it, this is such an important book. Um, so I said, go pick this book up, go let it swallow you, go meet these people and feel their pain and their fear and their joy. Go read this book. And I posted a bunch of quotes from it. And then I said, buy this book from a black owned bookstore and love the hell out of it. Y'all then please come talk to me because I'm clearly still processing. And I, I, I mean that I, I genuinely do. I bought this, um, I bought this from the online bookstore, you know, like the small bookstore seller, I, which is a, such a great alternative to Amazon. Um, when, when it first came out and I think everyone should go read it. This is a book that I think you have to read this book, everybody. You have to read it. It's incredible. Um, have we decided what we're reading next for the podcast? Why, yes, we have. Um, we are going to read Honey Girl by Morgan Rogers, I think. Yeah, Morgan Rogers. I'm so excited. This is Bailey's pick. Um, Shocker, I, another uh, queer book <laughs> okay uh it's perfect I'm so excited to read it um my friend on Instagram um let me down everyone should go follow her she's hilarious um has read it and she said she's been pleasantly surprised and is really enjoying it so I cannot wait to get my hands on it I'm renting it from the library Bailey owns it but y'all can read that with us next Yes, um, literally so excited. This is like my other biggest pick for the year. By the time I read this and last night at the Telegraph Club, I literally will have read all of my like most excited books for the year, which is kind of sad because it's only February. <laughs> That's okay. You just have to go back and now you can read through your TBR. You won't have any excuses to not get through that stack on your nightstand. It's so bad. Well, it's under my nightstand and it's basically to the point where it's on the floor and now it's reaching the bottom of my nightstand. Hilarious. Yeah. See, so no excuses to not get through the rest of them now that you'll have read your most anticipated books for 2021. I know. And um, I think we're going to have a guest come on the episode where we talk about that book and that will be a fun thing. Perfect. That will be fun. Um, and if you guys have any ideas for guests, like we did this poll and you guys want to see more guests. So um, if you have like an author or a bookstagrammer or you are a bookstagrammer or an author and you want us to talk to you uh, and you want to talk to us, just send us to DM. Perfect. Um, I think that wraps it up for this episode. So thank you guys so much for listening and reading along with us and 
Uh, join us next time while we just chat about our weeks and some of the books that we've been reading and are excited for. Yeah. And don't forget to like, comment, subscribe, give us a review. Um, follow us on Instagram at you have to read this book podcast uh, at booked by Bailey and at booked no at books underscore and underscore bourbon underscore got it yeah lots of underscores in, like, in um, uh, handle but yeah so thank you so much friends, Thanks, um, friends. we're gonna try to get our sign offs right cheers friends, cheers, friends. You're, there's a lag it's fine okay guys get okay guys thanks bye